Hello, fam. Love and salutations, good people. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Slow Wealth Podcast and StreamYard today. Um, I am Kendra. And I'm Ramon. And today we have guests Dan and Angelina with Best Choice Realty. Um, and as we have in our previous podcasts and shows, we always start off with a powerful motivational quote. And it starts by saying, be careful about judging a man's choices when you don't fully understand his changes. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I like this one too. I was, you know, um, yesterday when I went to go get my hair done, I got my hair cut yesterday. Um, the lady that did my hair, she was phenomenal. She's a um, celebrity stylist and she has some issues that she talks about publicly. Um, she has a, uh, hereditary alopecia. And I'm looking at her. This is my first time going to her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she don't got no hair. And um, she slayed my hair. She's done my hair better than anybody else has, hands down. Because, you know, I'm a natural and normally I wear the fro. But I was like, I got to switch it up. (laughs) So, you know, immediately my judgment was like, oh my God, I'm going to walk out of here and be ready to cuss her out. But she did something that was, you know, transformative and amazing. Um, So, yeah, that's just my story. (laughs) Hey, that's a good one. Glad you didn't say nothing to her and get kicked out. Get kicked out, yeah. Get escorted out. (laughs) You know how we are about our hair, Angelina. Come on, right? (laughs) All right. So, so let's get into our show. Again, we have Dan and Angelina um, from Best Choice Realty, and we are so glad that you have graced our show with your presence. You are a lovely couple from the first time we met y'all. <laughs> um, we just want to start by asking you guys just to, you know, um, you know, be comfortable. Don't feel like you have to, you know do anything special for us so we just want to make sure that y'all comfortable and again welcome to the show um just tell us a little bit about yourselves okay well both of us are born and raised in here in seattle the pacific, pacific northwest um, Boo. I, <laughs> <laughs> um you know my parents divorced at a, when i was young so every summer i would get to go back to new jersey and spend time with my dad's family um, ended up going to high school in New Jersey, graduating, and then going to college down in Atlanta, Atlanta Christian College, and graduating from there with the child development um, degree. Um, I've lived in Portland, Oregon. Um, I've traveled pretty much all around the United States. My wife has to um, travel, but I've only lived, I'm born and raised in the Northwest. My stopping grounds are Lake Washington area. So, I'm just a Washingtonian. I got a world traveler on my hands here. <laughs> That's amazing. That's we amazing. Both, we both um, we both have our roots here, but we love our Bundy family, uh, Mother Brand back in Jersey yeah. and on the East Coast. We love them. Yeah. You know, I've I've had the best family, extended family that anyone could have. So, yeah, yeah. And we both so. That's awesome. I love when people talk about themselves because normally when you ask people to, you know, to 
you know, tell me about yourself. They're always going into what they do. Right. So that's nice that you, you know, you talk about yourselves and you're in depth and, you know, you give praise to each other because a lot of times we don't get to see many um, successful and healthy black marriages. Right. So that's right. also amazing. Well, that's, that's one thing that I wanted to share with both of you today, too, is that this is the first time that we've been interviewed together. Oh, and we want to say yeah, thank crazy. you. you know, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. All the time. But hey, you well, know, hey, well, Dad, you know we couldn't ask you and, and, and not put her in it. Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> First, it's a monumental moment here. Yeah. Right. It is. Right. It right. is. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Kudos. You guys, you guys won the award. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, how did y'all meet? Like, how did y'all get together? I'll let my wife share the story. Well, well, I was like, oh, it was do, do we need a disclaimer before we start this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we prophesied some years prior, um, long, long, long time prior, and that I would meet him and I would know him immediately. And I was driven to go to a New Year's Eve gathering at our friend Carlos's house, which I didn't know him at the time. So I basically crashed the party, but had an urgency. And I met my husband. And I knew immediately he was my husband. It was a quickening moment. And we married seven months to the day after. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. That's amazing. That really is amazing. I mean, you know, that electricity, electricity was there. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, don't, I don't know, Ramon, if you remember, but during the time when you had first came to Seattle, uh -huh. I was telling everybody, man, I'm about to get married. And <laughs> hey. I remember you saying that, but I didn't. I hadn't met her at the time. I remember right. we didn't even know each other. When yeah, you were I didn't that. even know. I didn't. I didn't know her. Oh, so, yeah. But I knew. You know, this is something that I prayed about, and I was just like, I'm ready now. You know, um, Lord, give me, help me find my wife. You right. know, and man, He did just that, and it was amazing. You know, we've been. It's almost five years, but um, you know, it's just. You know, we have our ups and downs like any couple, but I mean, she knows I'm not going nowhere and she's not going nowhere. Yeah. She leaves, I'm following behind. Yeah. If I leave, she's following So, Dan, how long is the contract? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, that. Uh, <laughs> leave the earth before the other one. Yeah. Make yeah. a way for us to keep it together. Uh, Right. I tell Ramon, this is like the mafia. This is blood in, blood out, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. One and done. When I met you guys, I was like, wow, I like their energy. Yeah. And we were, we were just starting to date, if there's such a thing, in June. We married in July. So. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I know you were talking about Kendra when you said that. Right. Yeah. It was. You know what's funny is uh, cause I y'all probably you probably noted, but um, like what three four months before we moved, we uh found that I had family in Seattle. What? So my my granddad passed, and so uh we went back to East St. Louis. That's where my dad's side. And found out that I had like a few cousins that live in Seattle. Uh, I think in the old Triple District, Kendra. Yeah, yeah. the central area. 
Man, yeah. it was crazy. And they like older, you know, the older cousins on my dad's side. So, uh, you know, when we started getting to know them, we like, oh, man. They be like, hey, we moving, though. They like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> we like, we been with it in January. <laughs> <laughs> But it was crazy, yeah. It was just crazy. Well, that's like, you have other family, right? Man. Here, no. Well, that's why that's why Washington can be their home too. Yeah, man. They need, they, need some more son. they need some more sun up there for me. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit more. I mean, it's beautiful. I'm sure this time of year, but yeah.
Uh, we've worked with flippers that have um, assisted us in trending the marketplace. You know, what does $100,000 look like and what does a million dollars look like or multi-millions look like, yeah. you know? So, so we understand the trends in design as well. And basically have a formula to go along with what's the number one paints, what's the number one flooring, um, the countertops, cabinets, all things of that matter. Um, you know, we just try to really educate, keep ourselves educated and Constantly. as well as keeping our clients educated because at the end of the day, you know, education is going to be key because the last thing that we want a client to come and tell us is we didn't understand or we didn't know that it was going to end up like this. We want to know A, B's and C's of what you're about to get involved in because a lot of times, you know, with various different career paths and um, ways of life, People think, you know, they look at the end result and they say, oh, you know, that looks easy. I think I could do that. You know, and the, basically, you know, there's only a small percentage of real estate agents and brokers That's that right. are really making money. Less you know, than that 2%. are selling, selling properties, you know, majority <laughs> are starving students. They're, you know, they're trying to, they're looking <laughs> under rocks. They're looking for, <laughs> they forget you the know? whole marketplace. Hey. Hey, I told kids we had to go to the funeral home, man. You know, just catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Start listing properties like that. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it, like you said, it is a competitive market. You know, yeah. it's really competitive. Yeah. So you got to be hungry. Yeah. And it's yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and it's changed so much in the last few years. You know, the millennials have really changed the game. I right. mean, they don't, they do their own research. You know, they'll go to the house, they'll look at the house from the outside, creep through the windows, go online, look at the old listings. I mean, they'll write without even going sight inside unseen. the house. Yeah, sight unseen. Absolutely. So, you know, the trend. A lot of it, you right. know, and they don't want to meet you. They don't want to meet you in person. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear all what you got to say to them. They just want you to write the contract, submit the contract, let them know if they got the offer accepted. And you move know? on. They're quick. <laughs> they are. And then once it's under contract, then they want to do all the negotiating and, you know, get right. the inspections done and stuff like that. I mean, like you said, it's the trend. Yeah. So we Man, just kind of go with it, right? I said that too, because, you know, with us being investors, you know, we've encountered a lot of uh, real estate agents. And sometimes we found out that we, we would know more than them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, it made me question, like, all right, but I'm paying you. Yeah. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why am I paying you and I know more than you? Right. So like, okay, you know what? That and it, and it's is I think it's a big pool of agents out here who a lot of them are getting leads, a lot of them are in markets where they don't even have to know anything because mm -hmm. people don't buy. So it's like, hey, just write this up. Yeah. You know, they don't know anything, like they don't know how to fill out the contract, they don't know how to do any of that crap. So it's mm -hmm. like like you said, being knowledgeable knowing all of these things like it really keeps you uh, a few steps ahead of people Absolutely. and then when that market actually hits that downturn it's going to really show who's for real man and i'm glad you said that you know because that's the thing that people don't realize about real estate is that it has its ups and it has its downs oh. but regardless if it's up or down you get you still got to continue your business and oh. you still have to figure out now, what's going on? Are people, you know, we're about to hit a low where people have been on these forbearances and um, right, moratoriums right. and, you know, they haven't been paying their mortgages. What's going to happen with that? Well, we know the answer to that. They're going to start 
trying to sell their houses or they're going to lose their houses. So what's that? What that's going to do is it's going to put more inventory out in the marketplace. It depends on how it goes, but an agent that is pushing you to a sight unseen or something that you don't understand. uh, Yeah. They're probably looking for a paycheck because you want to secure, you want to secure your asset for your client. For sure. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And that and that is the problem is um, a lot of people are not able to um, sustain in a very volatile industry like this. Um, And being that both of you have, you know, like a lot of longevity in this and you've made this your, you know, your passion in your career. um, That's very like rewarding to see that. And um, Motivation. It also gives a lot of people motivation, you know, yeah. to say, hey, you know, there are people that are very educated in the industry and that have given their all. You know what I mean? Because like you said, it's not just about a paycheck with this. This is, you know, your 100 percent commission and you yeah. have to make it just you pretty much have to breathe it every, you know, every day. Like you said, okay. from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you absolutely. are your business. So yeah. you're, you know, you're promoting yourself. Are, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Man, yeah, people need to, people need to say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, what made you choose um, a career path in real estate? Well, for me, basically, you know, for both of us, we've all had, we both have, you know, our grandparents owned real estate, mm-hmm. our parents, my mother actually sold real estate. Um, Angelina's mother actually invested in real estate. So mm-hmm. we've known about real estate all our, all of our lives. And what got me involved with it is I wanted to know more about it. I figured if I ever wanted to own a house, I needed to, you know, find out, figure it out, figure out how, how are people buying houses? And I went through the class, got my my license, and started figuring it out. And then, and then my uncle, I was raised in a real estate firm. My uncle had a firm in Washington, in the Seattle uh, metro. And so my aunt was uh, the first licensed escrow officer. So I saw it from all ends. And even though they encouraged me not to go into real estate, I had to do it anyway. So, you know, and, and I mean, you know, even right now, it's 90 hours. I mean, how do you have a ceiling as great as the revenue stream without uh, choosing real estate? Yeah. I mean, it's long asset. If, if you just use it as passive income, it, it is built to do what it does. And I think now I know one of well, we have multiple children with licenses in the industry, but one of our children, my son Marcus, is getting into real estate. He's going to get his license in the next few weeks just for the purpose of using his commission to buy real estate. Oh, that's smart. So that's an awesome strategy. And I think mine was more like that. I mean, you yeah. wanted to buy a home. Yeah. And then you know, also with me, you know, I just knew that with real estate, you know, you can, there's no ceiling, no you know, ceiling. I mean, you sell one house a year or you could sell 10 houses in one month. So with that, By it yourself. just motivated me to yeah. know that, man, if you really, if you want to be a millionaire, if you want to be a multimillionaire, you can make it happen with this revenue stream. You Absolutely. Know? 
Oh, so you saying I could borrow a couple hundred until next week? Man, you could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know. Yeah, I'm going to cash after you after the show. <laughs> you know, it's so amazing to hear. Um, again, we talk about, we want, we love everyone and we want everyone to succeed, no matter their color, creed, whatever, you know, they identify with. But to see black people and to hear black people that were raised in real estate families, Mm -hmm. that is amazing because we don't hear that, that, you know, we don't hear it that often Um, with both Ramon and I, um, just a little bit of background. We grew up in the same place. Um, You know, I grew up living in the jets for a while and, you know, uh, I didn't know a lot about ownership. Yeah. We, we didn't know anything about ownership. You know, my grandmother owned her home. She inherited it from her parents and it was important. They knew the importance yeah. of ownership and, you know, having something that they can leave for their daughter. Um, mm-hmm. But any when I think about others in my family, like my dad and my mother, they didn't start, you know, buying and investing until later in life. And, you know, they were always like, you know, don't do this. Don't make this mistake. Don't do that. Well, lo and behold, you know, by the age of what, 30, I was um, in bankruptcy, you know, because of mistakes that I made in my youth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about That's right. That's, yeah. We both have experienced bankruptcy um, yeah. together. My fault. <laughs> but... <Yeah. laughs> uh, um, but you know, bad decisions. And I think, mm-hmm. I think real estate. I took a real estate course in high school. Um, I remember my uncle coming in and teaching the class for you know the teacher for the day uh, in high school, tenth grade, Renner Beach. You know, go Vikings. But anyway, uh, I I learned a little bit about it, but didn't really understand it. I think it should be a part of. I mean, we should teach our children about the uh, value of credit. Yeah. Yes. And that's one thing that I was going to mention is that, you know, some things in life that, that, that haven't been taught to us in school or even in our home lives, those are some of the most important things that, that we is. need to know. I mean, yeah. as far as, I mean, look at, you know, everything that the government and that, you know, the authorities and the power powers to be did to keep us from going into certain areas to purchase homes. Red lines. You know, and, and when you think about that, you think about the power that they knew that it had. Okay. And even to this day, I mean, you guys know Seattle pretty well. Right. The up in North Seattle go for double what the houses in the South then go for. Mm-hmm. The same identical houses. Matter of fact, they're they're a little worse. Actually, yeah. <laughs> structures are but, a little questionable. But because they're in those areas, and it's a proven fact that you know Europeans' homes sell for more than African Americans or Mexican Americans or Asian Americans. Absolutely, you know, which, and, and that matters. And I mean, it does. And, it, and Washington yesterday, yesterday or the day before yesterday, was the first um, state to say for the next three years insurance. Uh, will not be based on credit because uh, someone found that insurance yeah, is higher in, 
in, in minorities households. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, we already knew that. We, you yeah. know, we all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> because we all steal and destroy, you know, that kind of it kind of comes off like that, you know. Um like, I've never seen anybody steal a car in our neighborhood. And how often do you wake up? You know, because we we like to stay in neighborhoods where we're celebrated and not tolerated. Right. So um people around here wake up and go to work just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, they want their kids to have a nice, safe place to live. Absolutely. You no, know, and it's like, okay, yeah. but we want this, we don't want murderers living next door to us either. No. You know, we don't want that. You know, we don't want that for anybody, but that you know, that's just the thing. That's great. That why great on Washington for doing that because that's we're gonna see who else follows suit. Yes, <laughs> how that works out, and it's it's just right now insurance, but who knows what to come, what will come next? Man, yeah, I mean, like you said, the redlining, you know, obviously has been around for decades, and they still do it. Yeah, they, they still got those maps, those color right. maps that had the right. zip codes. Yeah, over certain lenders, like, yeah, you don't want to go over there, you know. But like we said in our podcast, you know, at least for black people in general, that should be an advantage for us because a lot of investors don't like to invest in our neighborhoods. Why we should be doing that, right? Because when we make the, you know, when our neighborhoods, you know, majorly, you know, has always been in a good area near the water, near downtown. Mm-hmm. But they do, they gentrify, and then we get mad. You know, they come in, wipe everybody out, put up some stores, shopping centers, and now this that's the best place to live. Mm-hmm. Right. And they ship you somewhere else. So, right. like, going on. And it's a cycle. It's going to continue to yeah. happen. Yeah. It's We've got to change it one community at a time, one household at a time. Yeah. Education. Educate, 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 educate. That's right. Yeah. Get some more education and pass it on because that's one of our things is, you know, we, I mean, everything that we do, we have passion for, you know, but of course we do it to make a living and to take care of our family as well. But at the same time, you know, we want to leave something more than just material goods or money. You know, we want to leave people, our family and our kids with that, with the strong value system with understanding that, you know, they, they can obtain anything they want in this world. Mm-hmm. They can see they can obtain, but there's a way to get it. And there's, a you know, for everything that you gain, there's some sacrifices that need to be made. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of our younger folks, not all of them, but some of them fail to realize that, you know, hard work does pay off. And so therefore, you know, you can't just expect just because you woke up today, that some money is going to fall out the sky or that you're going to win the lotto or, you know, any of those things. So, you know, we want to leave a legacy. That's what the Bundys are about. And that's what comes down to real property and land. You know, we want to give it to them before we go. We want to watch and see how they're going to handle it. Yeah. Well, you know, y'all be right there to support them. I mean, you're already without speaking or saying anything, you're already showing them what healthy relationships you know, look like you both have uh, goals individually and collectively, you know, and I mean, your entrepreneurs, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the value of hard work and dedication. So that's a great legacy that they, they can say, and your grandchildren obviously can say, you know, my granddad and my grandmother did this. So 
I mean, just everything, you know, hat, hats off to y'all, you know, because it, it, it's really great to see that happening. Some some things that people don't know about us is that like our first five years are only five years together. <clears throat> we sacrificed. We, we lived multi-generational mm-hmm. in an apartment in a small space. And and that was so that we could invest and flip and try to grow. And and it hasn't been all perfect. And mm-hmm. I think I think it it speaks to um, generations and others to say, you know what, we're transparent. Um, bringing up the bankruptcy factor, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about that in our social media and rebuilding, and credit. rebuilding credit. These are things that we have learned and we are willing to share. We mm-hmm. do not have a money tree in the backyard, okay? <laughs> I see something in the back behind that patio. I back. know. <laughs> <laughs> there it is right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. There it is. You know. <laughs> I mean, I think I think being willing to say you can make it through that. You yeah. can get through that. There are some top ramen moments. It's showing folks that you know it's not always the end result that you you know they haven't we haven't always been where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And isn't where we're stopping. You know, we're gonna continue mm-hmm. to grow, we're gonna continue to obtain more property. You know, one of our goals is to make sure that, you know, each one of our kids has a door, has a property, you know, if not multiple properties, you know, before we leave. And, you know, they can choose to rent it out. They can choose to sell it. They can choose to live in it. Rent free Always have some place to go. Pay the taxes. Yeah. You know, because you know? we we come from that as a, as a people. <clears throat> we always have Big Mama's house to go to, or we always I, I've said in previous relationships, and you don't have to worry about me because I can go home. I have parents. I, I have I can go. You know, and I, I I know my first tantrum saying to daddy, Daddy, I might have to come home. He said, Oh no, oh no. Damn my man. You stay right over there with that husband. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> That's funny. All right, so look, all right, we're gonna move along. Um, I know we kind of talked about earlier uh, being Washington. You said you you're an agent, but it's the wording the agent and broker. Can you kind of explain to everybody like what's the difference between the agent and a broker? Well, right now, basically, they've changed it. It used to be um, once you got your real estate license, you were an agent. Now, once you get your real estate license, you're called a broker. And so it's just a change in the terminology, um, you know, some and then you also have different types of brokers. Mm-hmm. You have a managing broker, you have a designated broker of the office, um, you know, that just carries a little more responsibility. OK, so you become a broker. But so like if you're in another state where I don't I don't know, Washington is one of the states that you well, like you say, you're called a broker like it's like here in Texas. You got to be an agent first, and then I don't know how many years. A couple of years, you can go and try to get your broker's license. Well, and it's pretty. It's pretty. There's quite a few states that are, have reciprocity. Okay. But now, now at this point, we started off as agents. We are still called agents, and we still call ourselves agents. Mm-hmm. But now, you're Washington's in Washington State. You're brokers. Mm-hmm. Now, there's just been levels of being a broker. So you have in this state, you have to be a broker licensed two years before you can manage or be a managing broker. 
So mm-hmm. part of our training, we we have a top shelf agent training mm-hmm. for licensed real estate professionals. And after two years of our training, you are ready to open up your own brokerage. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. And one of the requirements is that it's two years from the date you sell. So our trainees um, get a contract in the first 90 days. So we either have them do a listing or have them sell something that we co-list or co-sell with them. Um, So their clock starts from that 90-day point. So 90 days after you start um, your career you are ready to go in. And that's why we have a two year program. Some people say two years, I don't need two years. This is, I mean, I'm amazed that you can just spend 90 hours and start selling real estate. It's it's really, (laughs) you know, like where are you getting the training from? But we see time and contracts and contract writing. It's, It's a huge understanding curve. Yes, it is. So you so do you recommend people who are let's say they're looking to get into real estate? Are you recommending that they really take on that mentorship or you yeah. know so ninety days or six months or you know just go Two ahead years. and out there? Yeah. <laughs> Two years, yeah, yeah. Majority of agents that get their license, they drop out within the first six months to a year. They, mm-hmm. they quit because they find out that it's not what they thought it was. And that's due to the the lack of training. And it's not always, you know, it's not always that their company's not given that training. It's just, you know, they don't want to seem like they don't know anything. They just got their license. So they don't want to go to these trainings and feel like, you know, they're the dumb one in the group. You know, sometimes, sometimes they feel like they're the smartest one. Yeah. They feel like they know more. Yeah. Especially else. I don't mean to pick on them. But they come into the industry and they're so much smarter than tech yeah. savvy. They're yeah. they're everything. They know right. so much. It's like it sounds like it's working for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Keep it up. <laughs> it's a two-year mentorship program. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or having someone two years. And it doesn't, it's not an all-in person. It's not always about the contract, but it, it ends up being about the contract and staying out of lawsuits, yeah. you know, protecting yourself and protecting your clients. That's good. That's good. I think that's very important because, like you said, there's a lot of agents out here that don't know much. <laughs> so they need that. Yeah, this is something that I think that I know we've met that have been doing it 10, 15, 20 years. And it's like, yeah, you might yeah, need you been doing it that long with one day at work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. we, we hear new agents um, come in and they're, you know, I've, I've sold this many houses in this shorter period of time. And I would almost want to see their contracts and how well they protected their people. We write with a lot of pages purposefully and we're mindful of the advantages because we've been taken advantage of. And as agents, as husband and wife agents, we've we've entered into contracts that weren't the greatest contracts. And you know what? We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to ask you some questions about that because I'm interested in that one. (laughs) <laughs> sure. I mean, if y'all mind, if y'all mind sharing. Oh yeah, they don't. Care. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other thing is, is that we almost always suggest with our sales when we represent someone. You ever consider real estate? You know, could be right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you don't use it for anything other than acquiring 
other real estate. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great tool. Or also helping your family out. Oh you yeah. Let's pass mean, it forward. Your family or your friends. Your friends. You know, I mean, if you sold just three houses in a year and that average commission was ten thousand on each house. That's thirty thousand extra dollars that you have to add to your income for that year. Or, you, as a family member, what we do I, and our children buy a house, we'll forfeit the commission. Yeah. You know, it could be a zero down program, and then we forfeited it for their closing, closing. costs. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can you can gift your commission to your family members, and what better gift than to offer the opportunity of ownership. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That, that is, I never thought about that. You know, that's gonna be a hard sell for a lot of black folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, money, you <laughs> yeah, we'll split. We'll split it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, they like, man, that ain't my kid. <laughs> I love you, but no. <laughs> yeah, this could be a, like, like I said before. It's you know, we all know it's a very competitive industry. And it's different just going back to something that you say, Angelina, when people start hunting for their own food, you see who is, you know, who's the lion and tiger and who's the mouse. You know, it really differentiates the the mindset of people. You, It's like the weak versus the strong in this industry. Yeah. And you, you have to be able to withstand that. Survival of the fittest. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of survival, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you guys mentioned that, you know, Dan, you said you've been doing it for about 20 years. Angelina, about 20 years too. 19. Yeah. 19. Hey, that's close. Hey, that's, that's right. Close. <laughs> so tell us like, because obviously that means that you guys were in this around or right at the cusp of 2001, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you've been through 2001, 9-11, and how that affected the housing market and just everything, right, in the country. And then then you, you've you been through 2008, right? Everybody mm -hmm. remember that if you felt it. Yeah. And then now we just got hit with COVID. <laughs> so you yeah. guys have been through, like, three big major things in the last two decades. Yeah. And you still you still managed to survive it and still be doing what you guys are doing. Which I think is amazing, you know what I mean? Because like you said, most people don't don't stay; they they quit. Nah, exactly. So, like, can you guys kind of give us, uh, uh, you know, maybe your little story or you know what you guys have experienced going through all those things throughout the years, and you know, comparing it to now, how you survived it? <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say this: I don't know what we're looking like on the screen, but we are black. <laughs> <laughs> Always gone through. Yeah, like yeah. any yeah. other times, we we know how to survive. Yeah. We're survivors, um, right. and so I don't know that any of these major life events were different because our family members. I remember my maternal great great grandmother with a slave brand on her arm in her casket mm. so i don't know and i'm 57 i'll just say i know i look 21 but and so we 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 get tight and we we go to the church yeah. you know we we lean on god yeah. and so that's that's 
for starters, I'm not sure that pandemic, yeah. 9-11. Uh, no, I mean, you know, they had their, their differences and they affected the economy and they affected real estate sales. Absolutely. But, no, you no. know, without question, um, real estate is a cycle, you know, mm-hmm. real estate sales. And, you know, so when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. And during those times, you know, while it was low for some, it was high for others. Mm-hmm. You know, so in those times where people were uncertain of this um, current economy and the future economy, they took advantage of that because Absolutely. a lot of people, you know, were struggling. They going through it. They lost their jobs. They, you know, were looking for jobs. And so, you know, the people that had cash bought their houses for little or nothing. And so, you know, again, with that, and sometimes t- renting it back to them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> also gave them, you know, two or three thousand dollars just so that Cash they would move case. out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, during that 2008, you know, that's I recall that, you know, very well because I had a lot of friends that were buying homes and um, using the adjustable rate mortgage. That's right. And so when they got and then they were they didn't even have to state their, it was stated income. So they didn't even have to show taxes. Um, did they show bank statements? No. No. They so, didn't show bank statements. Yeah. So they were getting in the home without any of these, um, paper, with no paperwork, basically. And then they were on the adjustable rate mortgage, which meant that their mortgage was at a low interest rate to start out. But then over the course of time, it would gradually go up and adjust to the current interest rate. And so... People were having eleven hundred dollar, twelve hundred dollar mortgages. Next month, they went up to like twenty five hundred, or or more, or more. And so they were losing, they were losing their properties. And you know, it just with real estate, that's how it goes. I mean, and losing their minds. Yeah, and losing okay. their minds. We saw like, we saw uh, depression and and self inflicted deaths, suicide. Um, in the droves, yeah, you know, and it wasn't just because it was raining outside, right. you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. this is you didn't see it as much in the African American community yeah. because we were already disadvantaged, we had yeah. already been redlined, we had already had blockbuster situations, yeah. you know. I, unfortunately, we we've experienced slavery just a few generations ago. It hasn't been that long. And so I think that when you know the trends and you know the market and you know the marketplace, you're not as intimidated by the things that are going to come. Like right now, people are, we have, we just wrote a contract the night before last, mm-hmm. sight unseen. Yeah. Um, over, with, over list price. Well over list mm-hmm. price. And we might not get that contract, yeah. but the good news is, is guess what? Unfortunately, pandemic has brought about moratoriums and stays. Mm-hmm. So people have had modifications and, you know, back in June, people were asking us, should I, should I not pay my mortgage for this many days or this many months? And then the bank says I can make a balloon payment. Now, if you didn't have money to pay your mortgage in June, yeah. why do you think in six months, you're going to have money a to blow. make a big balloon yeah. payment. Okay. So we're going to see more inventory. Yeah, that's I think it was Monday. There was day. only 36 or 37 houses on the market. I, the I made a state. post in the entire state of Washington. Okay. Only 37. I saw that. I saw that on Facebook. I, I, okay. Right. I posted something like that. And then just the day that I posted it, 
uh, there was 800 and yeah. some that's odd more, listings. That's more average. Uh, per, for the whole state of Washington. So we're going to see that. The moratorium lifts in March on the 30th, 30th or 31st, mm -hmm. maybe the 1st, I don't know. But it lifts in a few days. The people that have sat on rent and haven't paid any rent, those landlords and those the owners of that property, they also haven't paid a mortgage. Mm. Okay, so we're going to have some serious uh, scrambling. Yeah. There's going to be some eggs cracked, a lot yeah. of offers to be made. And so, you know, I, I don't know. It's president said it the best. He said, it, before it gets better, it's going to get worse. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see. And this is different from the 90s yeah. and the 2008 yeah. Yeah. crash. Yeah. Okay, because the banks really, really, really did a number. They benefited. Yeah. They had all sorts of bailouts and you had people that executives that really walked away in a good position. Yeah. Now you're going to see that being different because yeah. now pandemic did something that the other life experiences didn't do. Pandemic didn't pick gender. It didn't pick age. It, it, it didn't right. pick creed, no. color. Pandemic took us all. Yeah. Everybody affected by pandemic yeah. so it's, it's gonna be funny to see how how that plays out funny in and, a bad way and as far as how it affected our business it's hard to say because a lot of people are moving to seattle mm -hmm. for jobs mm -hmm. and so you know we already have a situation where we have a shortage of homes for the people that were already living here and so i mean of course the pandemic had an effect on us and on our business but for as far as we saw, it was in a positive light. You know, people were still buying. They didn't care. You know, we were in a pandemic. Houses were still selling within seven days if they were priced right. Right now, shoot, it don't even matter if they're priced right, you know, because people are going up and above um, the appraised value. So, you know, and they're coming out their pockets with that. So, you know, we... Man, there's, we've seen uh, houses. We've seen it 100, 125,000 over. Over list price. Okay. And so our. Within seven days. Or, <laughs> yeah, or less. And then some of these all cash. You know, they're not even doing any financing. It's all cash. So within mm -hmm. a clear title, um, 10 to 12 days after a clear title, they're closing the deal. And, and not age wise, mm -hmm. but we want to also point out we have buyers right now that are putting hundreds, plural. Yeah, a thousand. Thousands dollars down. down. Okay, so they're, you know, to, to give you a realistic look at what that looks like, they're looking at a $600,000 house. They're putting down 200,000. They're gonna have a mortgage on just 400,000. We're teaching trends and um, options for them to pay that 30 year mortgage off in 15 years or less. Uh, by making interest payments or not interest payments, I'm sorry, by making principal, principal payments yeah. every two weeks, yeah. adjusting the mortgage, um, the principal balance. So when you have the agents that are seasoned, that understand how the trend really works, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can help them design. And they don't care about the amount of the house appraisal. Although because of the lack of inventory, mm -hmm. you're they're getting, appraising. they're yeah. appraising. Yeah. But there are those cases and they are plentiful mm -hmm. where a person is, I'll, I'll spend 80,000 over because I, my agent and myself understands 
the trend yeah. of what this neighborhood is going to look like. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's three new schools in the area. Mm -hmm. There's a Starbucks. The, a Star <laughs> <Go> Starbucks. Man. <laughs> There's Starbucks, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. What the yeah. Metroplex is doing, the the light rail system yeah. will be here. So it doesn't really matter because I I know uh, a couple of years ago, remember we picked up our daughter from work downtown mm -hmm. in Seattle. By the time we got out to Kent, where her car was parked, she could have. It she was nice to see her. She could have been on the train and been and home. Then, yeah. We got her home thirty minutes later. Yeah. Then she. <laughs> Okay, because the traffic is sick. So the traffic from Tacoma near, if you guys remember where the casino is in Tacoma, yeah. traffic there from that wow. stop That's all hard. the way to downtown Seattle, it is faster to take public transportation. Oh, we know because we was in Auburn, so we was in the middle. So mm -hmm. it's like, we want to go to Tacoma. Huh? Auburn's a hot commodity right now. It I mean, is. Yeah. Yeah. When we were when we, there too. When we first they moved there, they need a light rail system to come from Auburn. When we moved there in uh, 2017, so it was like the beginning of 2017, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of people. They didn't have the lifetime fitness right there on Auburn Way. You mm -hmm. know, I could get, we can get around within 10 minutes. Yeah. We looked up one day, we was like, Man, how it's taking me 10 minutes just to get the one uh, 15 20 minutes just to get the 167. Yeah, from where we were, you know, like it was like that train stop is major now. That the people are parked, I don't know where they're parking. I know because I know. Like, all, all over downtown, Auburn. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. Right? And but and, and the funny thing is because that all the property that was pricing out of Seattle, you know, they were sky high mm -hmm. and it's Tacoma started booming. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we in the middle. And I'm, I'm telling again, I'm like, hey, we were one of, one of the only few places that they didn't have all those restrictions, you know, yeah. where you uh, squatters and all that other crap. Like, yeah. we didn't have it. That's so, time passed. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people started buying up property. And then it was like, we had like 200,000 equity in like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it just kept going up. And now that same property in that area on that street, they're going for almost a million dollars. Oh, like, yeah. The, Auburn is an awesome, awesome neighborhood. We have one of our financial advisors, yeah. our trusted advisors. Um, yeah. I'll just say Don Pat with Zillow. He's like, Auburn's a good market, you know, because we still buy leads sometimes, mm. you know. And mm. so, you know, Zillow's preaching it. It's probably true. Frank, yeah. our, our insurance, yeah. our trusted insurance advisor, not to air him out on the podcast, but he bought in Auburn. You know, you get certain advisors that you trust and you see the areas. Now, Auburn's going to be hot. The Bundy said, buy in Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, yes. Line, we know, too. We, hey, if I could have, we could have got two, man, we'd have been good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because uh, we got in right, right when before it just started shooting up. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so with that, with everything you guys have said that you guys have gone through 2001, 2008, COVID, uh, would you say that this uh, is a good time for people to invest in real estate? Like, you know, should they get into this market that's so competitive? You know, with people paying you know extra amount of you know money on these on these properties. Yes, we would. I mean, because property, there's so much that you can gain from buying property. You know, you can use it either to live in. You can use it as investment. You can have somebody else paying your mortgage. 
You can use it to pull equity out, to um, venture, do other ventures um, that you might have. It's just, and there's no more land. You know, this is it. You know, so, I mean, you know, it gets down to supply and demand. So when you look at it from that standpoint and you look at the power that people have when they own their own property compared to the power that people, the powerless people are when they don't own their own property. I mean, you know, it's just amazing. You know, when I look at it, I think of, you know, a lot of times in our communities, you know, we live in, we're renting apartments, we're renting, we're staying in low income housing and we're, we're getting over. And really, you know, and then we're driving around in, you know, cars that we really can't afford. But, you know, the reason why we do that is because we all want to feel important and we all want to know, you know, we might not know where someone lives, but we, you know, if you tell somebody, hey, you know, so-and-so, and they say, no, I don't know him. And they say, no, nah, he's the one that drives the drop top um, bins. Oh, the green one? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we identify well. Exactly. Right? You know, and so, you know, it's for me, I just think that, you know, we really have to educate. We really have to change our way of thinking, you know, and that's not just for real estate, but for life and how we treat each other, how we speak to one another, how we, you know, show that we care. You know, we use certain words and we say that's a word that we choose to use of endearment. But really, is that or are we just have we been well trained and to put each other down to the point where now, when we put each other down, we think that we're showing affection. Right. Yeah. That's true. Go on, preacher Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was, that was well said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I do use the word sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I, I <laughs> yeah. We have to not all the time in a derogatory way unless somebody pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true though, because you know, when you watch people like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and you see all these people and they like where we from Omaha, you know, Warren Buffett is from there. I remember seeing him in, in overalls driving this this old truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody knew this is a billionaire, multi-billionaire. Yeah. Still saying in an old house, still got the same car. Now it's not to say that you know we all have to live like that, but I think it just makes you put things in perspective that you have people out here who who look like they got money and on a financial sheet they don't. Yeah. So they're trying yeah. to put on that they're putting on that perception like they have something when the person uh and we always <laughs> we always laugh, call it the uh the Subaru starter package. He got the little polo shirt tucked in the jeans and the old dude balancing, you know. And you look like, you know, you know, oh, that man got no money, right? Because the dude pulled up in the new bins, you know, but you look at both of their financial seats and it's a big right. difference. That dude in the Subaru got wealth. He got yeah. assets. You yeah. know what I mean? He can tap into that like, like it ain't nothing. His bank account is on swope, right? Yeah. So it's, it's more of we, we think, like you said, the wealth is in the cars, you yeah. know, the jewelry, the clothes. Oh, yeah. really not, you know what I mean? Because when you die, that ain't going to be worth nothing. Nah. Like, you know what I mean? We want to pass assets, you know, <laughs> down to your kids. So, or at least have your assets pay for your liabilities. That's right. where people get everything misconstrued. Uh, um, you can have things because everybody, you know, has their material yeah. things that they that they want. You know, I mean, you know, no one wants to live a life of lack. 
But if that's all your purpose is, you know, you just gonna have an empty life. There's, you know, there's nothing there, you know, whereas like you, um, you both talked about, you know, leaving a legacy. I mean, you're leaving your children debt. And that's what a lot of times that's what, you know, what we see in our community is people leaving their children debt or their children having to ask family for money or sell fish dinners and, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? You talking about Don't forget GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah. GoFundMe. For yeah. a Mm-hmm. That's crazy. To bury like, somebody. It costs a couple of dollars a day just to have a life insurance policy. Like, yeah, that's if you can get the life insurance, you know, because that comes back to our health and our community and the education. So, yeah, it's a sad thing. We have a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know? Yes, we do. And we do. Each one, reach one, teach one. That's right. But I want to go back to something that Angelina mentioned. Um, about your contract with um, how you're you how you're being creative with the contract that you're doing with a buyer, um, it was uh, for me that's really educational. I mean, does that come from your background in mortgage? Because you said you worked in the mortgage industry, if I'm correct, for five years. Um, I was in the mortgage industry. I came in the mortgage industry about '98, maybe. Okay. 98 or so. So I was in the mortgage industry for a lengthy amount of time beforehand, but that's not actually, I've had some good teachers, John Baker, Jefferson Butler. They're just really savvy lenders. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ron Bennett, you know, we just had some savvy people uh, in our lives. However, um, the contracts actually came from I have a legal background, so I'm a paralegal. And so I took contract classes and my, my thought on all the contract classes in the world are not going to teach you how to negotiate a good real estate contract. My mother bought her, her first houses on a real estate contract. So yeah, contract writing is something that we support. Uh, continual training, Rochelle Wilhite, um, the, founder of Best Choice. She is incredible when it comes to contract writing. And so knowing the contract, you can then share that information. We send a copy of the contract to our buyers and our sellers so that they can read for themselves. And we're not practicing law, but really just negotiating a good contract for the end being. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the other part is knowing what the seller wants. You know, that's a that's a big part. A lot of these agents, they don't call the other agent to see, you know, what's important to the seller. Is it, of course, they want to get top dollar, but sometimes, you know, they need to get top dollar. The terms. Yeah, the terms. They have to get top dollar ASAP. I mean, so that means that they, whoever's able to close the quickest with the most amount of money will get that uh, mutual contract. Absolutely. You know? And so, you know, just knowing those simple things, knowing what, you know, you can waive the inspection and still have an inspection. You know, the only th- difference is you won't be able to use that to get out of the deal, but you at least know. Or have what, repairs. Right. Yeah, yeah you'll at least know what's, what the issues are with the house. So some agents, they'll tell them, <coughs> excuse me, they'll tell the client, don't have an inspection, waive your inspection, and then they don't suggest <laughs> they 
get an inspection to even know what's wrong with the house, what's which we would never house. do. You know, yeah. no matter how, what type of um, market it is, no matter if it's a seller's or a buyer's market, you know, and a lot of times, you know, sell, um, buyers may need closing costs. You know, what we'll do sometimes is we'll adjust our commission to help them with their closing costs because we know the importance of helping our people and, you know, helping just, our people have on ownership. ownership. We go right back to the education you know, piece. And we tell them to pay it forward. It's not that we want it back, but, you know, if somebody does something kind for you, take your time to figure it out because it's not going to be a hard process. You're going to know somebody in your family. We're not talking about going out and saving the world, but you're going to know somebody in your family or a close friend that needs some help. Help them out. Yeah. Like you all said, reach one, teach each. Reach one. <laughs> yeah. And it's copywritten. <laughs> reach one, each one, teach one. Yeah. That's right. Each yeah. one of us, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. So, you know what? Looking at you guys, man, you know, like you say, beautiful black couple in real estate, you guys seem like you complement each other, right? Thank you, know, you. Thank you so you know, much. You guys can just, just do everything. Like, would you say that, or what do you think are some advantages uh, as being a couple working in real estate? Oh, I got uh, this. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't look forward to date night, you know, because our date nights might end up encompassing checking out a neighborhood or, you know, we work a good amount of time, but we have a, a very serious thought process in our house. And that's a, even the Lord needed a day to rest. So uh, we we trust. I trust that whatever Dan decides is going to be enough for me. I know that he is going to be considerate of our best interests, and I know he follows God, so I follow him. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like that. I, I love that. Yeah, I he's the man. That's the thing too, because you know, like um, I was talking to an acquaintance of mine, and. She, you know, strong black woman. She ain't need no man, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? You can have that. Because <laughs> anybody that knows me knows mm -hmm. that although You're I'm strong, strong. That's right. You know, smart. I want to have somebody that, you know, that I can lean on. And we, we're a team. There's no 50-50. We're just a team. You know, this, right. this is, you we're know. Team. And where he's weak, I'm strong. Where I'm yes. strong. He's yeah. weak and it, it takes us both, you know, so, but I trust him, whatever he says, there's times, Kendra, there are times <laughs> when I want to say, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. but I don't, you know, yeah. I trust him. Yeah. And so part of that trust is knowing that he's serving God. He's, I ask him, Bun, you heard from the Lord? You know, or or if I'm acting out, he might say, "Wife, I am praying for you." <laughs> I already know. Then I'm off yeah. a little bit. My A is yeah. just tilted a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna let Bun uh, yeah. figure out the rest of this time together. All right. It was wonderful being with you guys as a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, skate. You know, I wear spandex in the food. <laughs> you know. Cool. That's how they do it. Bye. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Know, we, you. Don't, we don't keep y'all too long. We know we, we was rolling. You know, we was trying yeah. to get, get a little thing. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, ask a few more. And she's going to make it out. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to say, you know, what are some challenges that y'all, you know, have faced being a black couple in real estate? Well, I mean, some of the challenges are, you know, of course, we're African American. 
first and foremost. And we never change that. We never lose sight of that. Um, you know, there's always challenges. You know, that's why, you know, folks talk about, oh, you know, Bundy, I know Black Lives Matter, but all lives matter. And I hit them back with, yeah, but all lives don't get killed by the police like Black lives. Mm. All lives don't go through the situations that Blacks, how Blacks treat each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a whole host of things. And, and you're reading too much into it when you get offended, when you see a sign that says Black Lives Matter, because yeah. the sign doesn't say only Black lives matter. It says Black Lives Matter to wake folks up because we've had videotapes of Black folks being abused by the police. we got all kinds of stuff and people still don't believe it. They think, oh, well, they, the, them Black people must have been doing something that deserved that. And it's not true. It's the way that this whole system is set up. And right. so from that, you know, we understand, you know, we're Black, but we're Black and we're proud. You know, we say it loud, you know, and everything that we do, we show we try to show our excellence. We we try we strive for our best. We don't try to, you know, go half hearted on anything. You know, if we're going to do it half hearted, we don't do it. And, you know, like my wife was saying, you know, we've had situations where we've got into some deals where they weren't favorable, you know, for us. But you learn from those and you move on. You don't, you know, stay angry at the whole world because something bad happened to you. You understand that that was an um, isolated situation and you learn from it so that you don't have to go through it again and you keep moving. You keep striving, you know, because that's what our ancestors did. That's what my parents and my grandparents taught, taught me as a child. You know, if you fall, you get back up. If you get in a fight and you get beat up, you figure out a way where you, know, you get, get yours. You know, yeah, but, the resiliency. You know, but at the end of the day, you still have life. You still have breath to live, you know, and to do better. And that's what we strive every day. We say, man, thank God that he woke us up today so that we can do better than we did yesterday. Mm. Man, I, can't, I can't, can't say no better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, as far as the challenges that we go through, I mean, there's there's all kinds of challenges. You know, we could say, you know, sometimes we work too hard. We get caught up. You know, if I don't write down on the calendar, man, let's, you know, me and my wife got to spend some t- quality time, just mm-hmm. me and her, you know, go to the top of the Space Needle and, you know, get away from everything or take a drive down to the ocean. I mean, those are things that we try to stay coherent on. And we try to stay on balance because that's what life is all about, is staying balanced. Mm. You, know, you can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. You know, the people with all the time generally don't have money. Mm. And the people that got all the money don't have the time. So we're trying to balance that out so that we have the money to do the things that we want to do and share it with the people that we love. Right. Amen. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just so much wisdom here. I don't even know where to go from here. I mean, that yeah. is, he likes that's... to do service on Sunday. You know, I'm gonna send you my cash app. You know, I do need some new tires for my hey. cars. Hey. Yeah, that endless check coming in in a minute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that's beautiful, you know, because we're seeing so many healthy relationships happen here, you know, between, um, you know, black women and couples and the interaction between black men. Um, 
you know, there's so many stigmas, as you said, and so many disadvantages that happen to us. And the first thing that happens in, um, you know, being in business with your partner, um, your life partner, excuse me, and, you know, yourself as an individual, you know, having those um, relationships with yourself is the outside influences come in and they try to break up your relationship with your with your significant other. That's the first thing that happens. Um, and then you you start to question things. And yeah. then you're like, okay, well, we have a business together too. You know, so a lot of things get, you know, uh, get misconstrued and um, misunderstood. So you have to have a strong foundation. And you and Angelina definitely have that, yes. you know, that foundation where you said you have a healthy, you know, relationship with yourselves. Because, I mean, we can see that and then a healthy relationship with each other. And then you have your business, you know, together where you're working together. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. I mean, I just I I applaud that, you know, because Ramon and I are learning from that, you know, um, how to have um, a healthy relationship, because neither one of us really got to see that, you know, where we got to see strong black marriages and appreciate people having their own individuality and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, and that's what, you know, when I talked to my wife about that, I, you know, cause my parents divorced at an early, at an early age. So, you know, some of the benefits of that was I got to leave Seattle every summer, you know, and see my dad's family on the East coast, which was a totally different world from what I was used to. And what that did was that helped me to open up my mind so that I didn't feel like, see, I'm born and raised in Seattle. This is where I'm going to work. This is where I'm going to have a family. This is where I'm going to die. You know, I never had that concept, you know, where a lot of people, you know, most people don't travel. Most people, mm-hmm. you know, wherever they're born, that's where they die. You know, very few people move around. And so from that, it just helped me to understand the importance of knowing that everybody doesn't do things the same way. We're all individuals. You know, and if you understand that, you understand that, you know, because we're individuals, just because I choose to do it like this and this person chooses to do it like that, that doesn't make me right and them wrong. It just means that there's two different ways that things can be done. And when you start opening your minds to understanding how this world is set up and how, you know, a lot of things that we do, we've been trained to do, you know, a lot of things are conditioning, you know, our environment teaches us. You know, we, we, you know, a simple example is, you know, when most black people ride past the police, we're not waving at the police like, hi, officer friendly. We're looking in our rear view mirror to make sure that they didn't do a U-turn and come pull us over. You know, on the flip side, you know, you have Europeans or other people of different races. When they pass the police, they're waving, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and so just from that instance right there, you know, it's two different mindsets. Who's right and who's wrong? Well, you know, we're not wrong for feeling that way because that's what's been created in our environment. You know, why is there way more like double, triple the amount of police in the black communities as there are in the white communities? Does it mean that there's nobody's getting their house broken into in the white communities? No. I mean, they have crimes just like any other community, mm-hmm. but a lot of times they don't report them. They don't, you know, if they send them, you know, if, if a house gets broken into, they don't report it to the police. They just call their insurance, you know, and their insurance replaces everything and they go on about their business, you know. So 
it's just a lot of things that I think were taught during slavery and after slavery. And when you think about it, you know, it, it's, it's sad that we, we really haven't come that far. You know, people want to say, oh, yeah, we're making great, great gains in this area and that area. You know, now we got, you know, black men on the Supreme Court and we didn't have a black president and this, that and the other. And it's like, you know, the, the thing about that is the best thing that I believe President Obama did was he showed our children that they could become president. Right. You know? And I mean, because his hands were tied as far as a lot of the policies and a lot of the things that he could have done. Yeah, he did. He pardoned a lot of folks from prison. And, you know, he did some great things. He set up the health care. But when you really think about where we're at as a black people, it's not even about how other people treat us. It's about how we treat each other. It doesn't matter what white people think about us, what Asian people think about us, what any of these other races think about us. What matters is what we think about each other and how we treat each other in public as well as in private. That's what's going to make the change, you know? It is. It is. And it doesn't matter about money. It doesn't matter. Because my mom used to tell me, boy, I don't care if you grow up and live in the projects your whole life. When I come to visit you in the projects, Number one, your bathroom and your kitchen better be clean. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't care about the rest of the house, but the bathroom and the kitchen. Because if I'm going to eat over there, I better not see no dirty dishes. Yeah, uh, dirty dishes in the sink, nasty bathtub. You know, and I just know that, you know, I mean, when I think about my mother and my father, you know, what they instilled in me as a man and as a child, you know, was to always do my best and to make a difference because we're all special. We all have special qualities. It's all what we tap into. You know, it's inside of us. You know, our ancestors went through some of the most horrific times of any people. You know, and people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about reparations. That's fine. But what black people, what we need to do is we need to figure it out. We need to come to some type of understanding with ourselves about how we treat and how we want to treat and be treated by each other. And it's not going to take it's not going to take no government to do that. We got it inside of us, you know, but we got to have some people that are man enough to stand up and let folks know that it's, it's our problem. We're not talking, we don't blame white people. We don't blame Asian people. We don't blame nobody. We're figuring it out. We're going to figure this out. This is on us. Mm -hmm. We kill more of each other than any other race. The police don't kill half as many of us as we kill of each other. But we don't get upset about that. Oh, well, we know. Well, they they know they shouldn't have been messing with Pookie. They know Pookie crazy. Issues that we have, you know, in our communities, you know, it's just, man, it's a shame because, you know, a lot of our women are mistreated. And you know why a lot of our women are mistreated? They're mistreated because their fathers, their uncles, their brothers, their cousins are locked up. Yeah. If their brother, if their daddies and their uncles and their cousins and their brothers were free, ain't no way these cats would be treating their, their sisters or their nieces or their daughters the way that they treat them and that's facts yeah that, that's so 
so true. Yeah. <laughs> Those are things that we regularly talk about on our podcast. You know, uh, I mean, my dad, he, you know, thank God he is uh, who he is today, but he was in, you know, prison for a while. And my yeah. uncle, same thing. But yeah. I always remember that, you know, my dad was always there when he, you know, when he could be. And yeah. Just having those male figures in my life, yeah. I I didn't take a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, when it came to relationships or you know how mm-hmm. I felt about myself, or you know I always try to surround myself with women who would empower me. Yes, we've all you know done some things that we're not proud of, yeah. but I think that you know lack of self and lack of knowledge, as we all said before, um, you know it really hinders people from excelling in life yeah. and you know when you don't believe in yourself wealth is not a concern Man. your health is not a concern yeah. the only thing you're concerned about is surviving yeah you know and, and that's what's happening in our communities people are not interested in hearing what we have to talk about all they're thinking about is surviving I have to survive. I got to get up and go to that job tomorrow that I don't want to go to. I got to deal with this. You know, I got to deal with that. You know, it's just like living. What's that? uh, Hand over fist. Yeah. So, Who wants to live like that? And and, and what I'm finding, too, is when we tell people about what it is that we do or what Mm -hmm. we anticipate seeing, as you know, you and Angelina mentioned, you know, that legacy. People always want to bring up the, the, um, you know, I've been through this, I've gone through that, you know, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And I'm like, well, we did too, you know, (laughs) we did too. I mean, you know us, you know, we've been through that. It's not always about the struggle. So it's about the progress, you know, where can you go from here? Nowhere but up. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, you know, one of our situations is that, you know, what we've learned is that, even when we're going through stuff, take the focus off of what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Take the focus off of yourself. Because regardless of what we're going through at any given time, there's some other folks that are going through way worse. You know, there's some other folks that, you know, for instance, may be on their deathbed. You know, they may be in and out of the hospital not knowing what's wrong with them. I mean, there's so many other things that go on in the world. It's like, you know, when you focus just on your situation and what you're going through and why, God, why, why is this happening to me? You know, it's not I mean, I don't say that it's wrong to question God as far as what you're going through, because, you know, we all need to figure that part out as well. But when whenever we're going through something, you know, take the focus off of yourself. Try to understand that you're still here for a purpose and whatever you're going through. It's just temporary because the time that we have on Earth is only temporary. So regardless of what our situation is, it's going to be temporary as well. And so when I think of, you know, just everything that, you know, we need to do as people, you know, because, I mean, nobody wants, like you were saying, you know, nobody wants, you know, to live next to a murderer or to, you know, a drug dealer, you know, because there's there's situations are, you know, it could be good one day and horrible the next. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of times we, we glam, you know, we've been taught to glamorize, you know, those people that are selling drugs and doing criminal acts in our community because they got money and they come around and they might do, a, you know, give out free turkeys or, you know, on Thanksgiving or, you know, give 
big mama's, you know, a couple hundred dollars so she can go get the grandkids some toys or whatever. But, you know, what the bottom at the end of the day is we know what's right and we know what's wrong. And when these guys say that they can't get a job because they got felonies and this and that and the other, you know, a lot of that could be true. I don't know, you know, but what I do know is that when you're passing any type of drugs or anything that's negative in our community, you're, you're killing our, you're killing our soul, you know? And when you do that, it's like, how, do, how are people, how are we, you know, supposed to praise these guys that are going around shooting people, killing people in the community, you know, selling drugs, you know? I mean, I just, I, I know that we can figure this out. And I know that it's up to us to understand what's going on and know that it's wrong and know that, man, our lives can be so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, without these things, they, they make it seem like we have to have these things. And if it wasn't them, it'd be somebody else. That's not true. It's not true, you know? And I don't know the answer to the question, but I'm, I, definitely want to, <laughs> I definitely want to group up with some folks to try to figure it out. Because I know how important it is, not only to us, because the way I look at it, shoot, I'm in the second half of life, you know, but I want to do I want to do some things that are going to make it better for our children and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren and for people's children that never even meet us or get to meet us. You know, I mean, that's what I think life is really about, you know, and we do this real estate and we do it wholeheartedly because we want to give back and we want to help people to get on a better playing field, you know, a more level playing field because money ain't everything, but when you got money, you can do things. And when you don't have money, there's, there's still things you can do, but it's not, it's limited. Hey, I like well, that. <laughs> that was powerful. Hey, you know what, with that, Let's end it on this note, man, because, you know, we talk about real estate, obviously, but we, mm-hmm. we like to talk about anything that's attributed to wealth, right? Because right. so well. So tell us what does wealth mean to you and how do you think uh, real estate, you know, whether it's being an agent, broker or whatever, how do you think that can help someone um, gain wealth? Okay. Well, wealth to me means that you have multiple income streams. You know, that could be um, a nine to five W-2 with also a, you know, um, investments um, in stocks and bonds, um, real estate, um, various different avenues. Um, Just basically being able to create more than just enough money to have a savings account. You know, wealth to me is being able to make, have enough money to make a difference if that's what's in your heart. Um, I know that, you know, sometimes I think, man, you know, we got millionaires in the city of Seattle, you know, multimillionaires, you know, if they wanted to, I mean, they could clear up everything, you know, they could clear it all up. But that's like, would that, would that change anything? And Part of me believes that it would. Part of me believes that things would go back to being the same because it's all about your mindset. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, wealth is super important. And 
I believe, you know, from my standpoint, the thing that I would put all my money into to create wealth would be real estate. And the reason why I say that is because it's the only thing that's always going to have value. You know, there's other things that you can invest in, but, you know, they're not always going to have good, positive value in real estate. You're going to have everything grows. I mean, when I look at the um, prices of houses, when my grandfather bought a house back in like the early 70s, he paid like twenty five thousand for a house up in Mount Baker, not far from Lake Washington, you know. Yeah, and when I think about what his house sold for, um, so he sold the house in 2013, and it was it was a fixer at that point. But two bedroom, one one and a half bath, he sold it for three hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, so when I look at that and say, man, that's how you create wealth by creating multiple investment properties and letting other people pay for it because when you think about wealth how do you become wealthy well you got to have multiple streams of income or you have to be able to duplicate yourself and have multiple people working for you which means that when they make money you're making money so if you're asleep and they're up making money you're still making money while you're sleeping and that's when i think about when i think about wealth i think about what's going to be what, how do we create that residual? How do we create passive residual income? Because that's all you really need to become wealthy is if you have passive income coming in residually, it's just going to, it's going to compound. And when you start talking about compounding interest and things of that nature, I mean, it just takes it to a whole nother level. And I mean, a lot of that stuff, and that's what I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of the stuff that we need to know as people, we don't know. And we don't know that we, we don't know the stuff that we don't know because nobody's taking the time to even say, you know, hey, you know, here's a good book, you know, read about your people, you know, read about Black Wall Street. You know, once upon a time, we could only do business with each other. And we did it quite well. We did it so well that they, you know, lied about us. They created chaos. They, you know, bombed us. They did all these things to our people because they they didn't want to see us do better than them. And I just want to share with you this. Um, I was watching Chris Rock the other day, my wife and I, and um, he made a comment. He said, you know, you got all these um, white folks saying, we're losing, we're losing, you know, we're losing jobs, we're losing, you know, properties, we're losing all these things. Chris Rock said, well, if they're losing, who's winning? Because it's not us. <laughs> you know. And when he said that, it just made so much sense because, you know, you got people that are angry. And I always question this. It's like, why are you so angry? What have we done to you? That's the psychological problem that they have going on. That's the issue that they have going on with themselves. And so that's, we, we can't fix that because there's no problem. We've not, we've never done anything to them. You know, so from that standpoint, I just know that we can figure out our situation. We have to become a part of the solution and not a part of the problem, because a lot of times we get money. We get, you know, we want to move out in suburbs. We want to forget about, you know, the people in the inner cities or the people that are living in the projects. And it's not 
it's not so. And I believe in my heart that it's not about, you don't have, we're not telling you once you make it that you got to save the world. We're just saying, man, reach back in your own family, reach back, tap back into somebody that, you know, is smart enough to be an accountant or smart enough to be a doctor or smart enough to be a lawyer. And they have a passion for that. And let's invest in them. Let's, let's make a way that we can help them get into college. Let's start prepping them when they're in middle school when they're in junior high, so that by the time they get in high school, they got a plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's bring hope back. Let's let's get off of this, oh, you know, this is what it's gonna be. I, you know, my mama was in the projects, my grandmama was in the projects. Now I'm gonna have some kids before I graduate from high school and I'm gonna be in the projects. We gotta break the cycle, but the only way that we break the cycle is we gotta sincerely wanna break the cycle. We gotta sincerely wanna help each other. You know, it's not all about self. Yeah, we all want to be successful, but I think a lot of times, man, we get, we're so brainwashed in thinking that, you know, we want to be like them. Yeah. It's like, man, (laughs) we're so far off the mark when we want to be like them and we want to do it like they do it. We got to do it like we do it. That's true. <laughs> wow! Yeah, take it over, man. Look, we didn't talk about black wealth, <laughs> black enterprise, black entrepreneurship, healthy marriages, relationship, and relationship with self yeah. to um, building what it takes to build wealth in the black community. Like this interview is just everything right now. It's everything yeah. that we talk about. It's yeah. everything that encompasses us you know i mean yeah. i said you know we're walking logos so we have to present ourselves in a certain way and hold our head up high and have I our see. shoulders back and show confidence to the world you know that we can do it yeah and, and it's not even yeah. with no help <laughs> exactly and it's not even showing them it's showing mm-hmm. us. us yeah the people mm-hmm. you know everybody is proud of their race and where they came from you know we're the only ones that lack that as african-americans We're the only ones that can't say, oh, yeah, you know, my ancestors came from Nigeria or my ancestors came from Senegal. You know, we're the only ones that can't say that. And I know that that's a piece that's missing from us. Mm -hmm. You know, they know that. That's why they changed our names. They changed our language, everything. They wouldn't, you know, they they broke us down. And that's where the Willie Lynch and all that comes into play. That stuff is serious. That stuff is like, you know, they. They knew what they were doing. They did a well job. They, man, well job. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're still going through those same, we're still tripping over the same stumbling blocks as a people. You know? We are. We definitely are. Well, thank you and Angelina so much for taking the time to grace us with your presence because it is. It has definitely been <laughs> educational for both of us, sure. you know, and just to hear you speak and and give so much wisdom and, and knowledge about, you know, what it is that we can do to, you know, move forward and progress yeah. and um, invest and, you know, yeah. start a business and, yes. um, you know, be entrepreneurs. That is just amazing. Um, so, again, thank you. Man, we thank both of you because we're super proud of both of you. You know, I mean, you know, that's that's the thing about us. You know, we'd love to see other brothers and sisters doing well. You know, I mean, some folks don't get it. It's like, man, you know, they see us. I mean, but see, all that stuff comes back to slavery. 
you know, all of that, we were always pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. Even after slavery, they pick and choose. Okay, well, slavery's over, so, you know, we're going to let you guys come and work, but we ain't going to let you because you're this or you're that. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's like, man, we got to get out of that. And I don't know how, but I know that we can because we're intelligent people, we're loving people, and it's just going, it's a process because we didn't get this way overnight and we're not going to get out of this condition overnight, but we can make a difference. And, you know, it may take us, you know, going back to Africa and, and you know, buying some land and reestablishing, you know, ourselves. Because, I mean, when I think about it here, I mean, no one is safe. If you're black, you're not safe. You have a 50-50 chance of making it home at night. You know, when you walk out your door and sometimes you ain't even got to leave your home because sometimes people will make a false call and the police come and shoot you in your own house. You know, so it's like you're never safe. And, you know, white people, Asian people, yeah, they all want to listen to our music. And, you know, which is another um, point of interest. You know, why is it that we only hear, you know, our women degraded, you know, um, talking about our men being, you know, pimps and drug dealers and having money and, you know, all that old stuff that everybody can't do, you know? Um, but everybody can get a job, do what they can to take care of their family, live a, a righteous life, you know, and give something back. You know, everybody can do that. But, you know, the things that are taught, you know, from the media, from our music, all of that stuff, you know, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. And we, we gotta do it, we gotta do better as a people, especially educated people that have a heart that wanna see all of us succeed. And all of our success doesn't have to be at the same level, you know? All of our success can be at different levels, but we all know that man, we put in our all, we're doing our best, we're trying to improve in various different areas daily. And let's get a plan. Let's get a plan to, to get our stuff together and stop this madness. Yes, stop the madness. Well, thank you everyone for listening and watching the Slow Wealth Podcast. Um, I'm Kendra and this is Ramon and we had Angelina and Mr. Bundy, uh, Mr. Ken Bundy um, yeah. with Best Choice Realty. Again, thank you. Um, please subscribe to Slow Wealth. That is Success Lives on Elevation. Um, you know, like, love, uh, comment. Again, subscribe. We're on Facebook, Slow Wealth. That's S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H. Listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, all podcast platforms. And again, um, Dan and Angelina, thank you so much for being here with us. Man, thank you guys. And we're going to do it again. You know, yes, I got some. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Wealth of knowledge. Hey, before we get out of here, just real quick, Dan, take yeah. a couple seconds, tell everybody, you know, how they can reach you if they're in the Seattle area, if they want to invest or, you know, okay. want to chop it up with you guys. Okay. Yeah. We're, um, you can actually reach me at 206 735 8520. That's my cell number. And my email is sold by. Dan L. Bundy at Gmail. Um, our website is under construction right now, but um, it'll be up and running soon. And I will um, get that out to everyone. And we'll definitely put that in the, in the, in the notes uh, for everybody, all your content here for most. So 
Okay. You know to get to reach you, man. Hey, I appreciate the interview, man. I mean, it was a lot yeah. of game, bro. Like for real, I loved it. It's Come on, man. I, you know, I told you I was excited about this, and I really, <laughs> yeah, we heard too. You know, this, man, this hey. stuff is passionate to me. You know, because hey. man, hey. you know, we can make a difference. We really can. We is, and we starting with this. So yeah, the design, man. We hope we get a lot of feedback from folks, and we can uh, definitely set it up to do it again sometime. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then also my wife's, um, she's got a new number. Her number is 206. Actually, let me grab my phone. Sorry. <laughs> she just got a new number. Her number is 206. Um, where is that? 9, 900 And her um, email is Angelina. Bundy, sold by Angelina Bundy at Gmail. Okay. All right. So we have your contact information. Again, we'll put it in the uh, description and in the notes below. Okay. So um, with that said, again, thank you so much. Man, thank and you. I applaud you guys. <laughs> thank you. All right. Everyone have a great day and thank you for tuning in. We love y'all. All right. I'll add you, bro. All right. All right.